1: IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I hope y'all didn't miss us too much yesterday, uh, but we both needed some time off yesterday to uh, kind of recover our voices and a lot of other things, but we are back. We wouldn't make you go too long without us. Today, We're Ryan, it's a great time to introduce our sort of our midweek rundown show. We talked about this last week. We're going to kind of on Wednesdays during the offseason just take a little bit of a different angle at things. And instead of just picking a topic and really diving into that topic, what we're going to do is just kind of pick three, four, five, just kind of hot topics, whatever they may be, those particular days, and we'll dive into them. And today we have several different topics we want to discuss. We're going to talk about the Jared Parker Press Conference and things that we, we heard from that, just our takeaways from it. We'll dive into kind of looking at Notre Dame's offensive line coaching search. We'll just update what we know, what we can say, and then just give an idea, really talk more so, Ryan, about why this is such an important hire and and what Notre Dame needs to be looking for in a new O-line coach. We will dive into Notre Dame's very strange linebacker recruiting process right now with Al Golden. And then the last thing that we'll dive into, or we'll actually we'll, the linebacker stuff will be last, but then bef- the other recruiting topic we're going to discuss is I was finally able to finish up just all the breakdowns and evaluations I needed to do to re-rank and regrade uh, the Notre Dame 2023 signees. So I have now released the offensive class, the defensive class, Ryan, there's a lot of changes on on my board, and and you and I have discussed a lot of them, and and we have the current grades, the analysis of each player, the fit at Notre Dame isn't as is part of each player's analysis, and then of course we will get into also the uh, the upside grade we'll have, so we'll dive into that. I'll talk about my rankings, how I got there, and and Ryan will give a chance to kind of give his thoughts on those and his thoughts as well. So. And then at the end, we'll do a mailbag. So we are definitely going to still do a mailbag. We're just going to try to hit each topic a little bit quicker. You know, we won't spend like an hour on each topic like we normally do, because that would make for a very, very, very long show. And so we'll dive into each one a little bit a uh, little bit less, and then we'll do a mailbag at the end. So you can go throw your mailbags in there, uh, mailbag questions in there now, and we'll start starring them and putting them in there for mailbag time. So that's what our plan is today.
2: Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: However, before we begin, I do want to just ask y'all for a favor no super chats today. If you want to give us a super chat today, instead, what I would prefer you do is click on that GoFundMe link in the browser or in the in the chat there. If you're watching via podcast, you'll see it. If you are listening via, uh, through podcast platform, not on the YouTube channel, then we what we'll do is we'll put the link in the description of the show. And basically what's going on is Jaden Mickey, who is a, a current freshman rising, he'll be a sophomore next year for Notre Dame. His mom is uh, battling stage four colon cancer. And so they need uh, they need to raise some serious money to have the family have to relocate to Arizona, where a treatment facility is for her to do a specialized type of treatment. And so what I'm asking is is if you were going to give a super chat today, please throw that out there, okay? And when you you know we and if you're not, we're going to super chat. I'm still going to ask you to give, right? And so uh, the way I look at it is, Ryan, we get minimum 5,000 viewers per show, minimum. And sometimes we get a lot more than that. So if we just did 5000 right, and everyone averaged just $5 of giving, we would raise over $25,000. They're already close to a third of the way towards their goal. We could really make a big difference if we can step up and help. So we've talked about wanting to do fundraisers and, and somebody had said, maybe do something for the show and raise money, but then we'd have to raise the money and then we would get some taken out from us. Then we would have to pay them and then that would get something taken out. So this is sort of us doing a fundraiser, but instead, we would just ask that you give directly to the GoFundMe account that they set up. Uh, and then also that helps you because then you can kind of get your, you know, your whatever you need for your taxes and things like that. So I would really, really appreciate it if everybody could kind of step up and help out if you can. Not everybody can. And I understand that. And some people can only give five dollars. Some people can only give a dollar. Some people can give more. Uh, and and if you're whatever you're able to give, because uh, we all everybody has their their own situations that are different. We would really, really ask that you guys do that. So, no super chats today. If you're someone who was going to give a super chat, we would ask that you put that super chat towards uh, this GoFundMe for um, uh, for uh, what we're seeing, what we're what's going on with Mrs. Mickey. So, I would really appreciate that. So, definitely step up, IB Nation. We always do. Every time that we've we've tried to do something like this, it's always gone well. And I hope that y'all help up and step out, help out and step up again. So that's what I wanted to start off with today's show. Again, link is going to be in the chat right now. I've already put it in. If you're listening to via podcast app, if you go back to sort of the uh, description box of of this particular show, we will have the link in there as well. So really really appreciate y'all very much. So Ryan, let's dive into our main topic for today's show. And we it's we're kind of a couple days late on this cuz Jared Parker had his press conference on Monday. And it, what my frustration was, Ryan, a lot of what was said about him and what he said was kind of drowned out a little bit by the intro of the press conference. And as I've said on the board, I don't want to talk about it too much. I've said absolutely said what I needed to say. I stand by 100 the things that we've reported. That look, I understood why Marcus Freeman had to say what he had to say. We expected that. We knew he had to defend Jack. That's his boss. No one's asking to throw Jack Swobard under the bus. I had issues with the the uh, ferocity with which he doubled down on that uh, because we know we know who we've talked to. We know who our sources are. And we know the situation there. Once you get past that, and you're able to focus on Jared Parker, and this is my was my frustration is Jack's email comes out the day that it that Notre Dame lets it out that Jared Parker is going to be the OC, which takes away from Jared Parker being named. Then the press conference to introduce him has that at the beginning, and it again takes away from what Jared Park from Jared Parker's moment. So we're gonna we, we have, we've addressed it have addressed it on the message board I flat out stand by what I said no question about it but it's time to move on and the moving on refers to let's focusing on what Jared Parker has to say because if you can eliminate the first like 5 minutes of that press conference this is a really good press conference you know we heard from coach Freeman about things he's looking for but then we got a chance to listen to um, get a chance to listen to coach Parker and I got to say like it's just a press conference now we need to see what actions follow but I thought he hit it out and I thought he, thought he knocked it out of the park.
3: I mean, he did. I, I I would say this, Brian, like I felt really bad. I mean, kind of what you're talking about, right? But it was his moments and it was a, I mean, he was a rock star in the interview, in my opinion, in the press conference, I should say, like he presented himself very well. It makes sense why several people that we've talked to, have, you know, I mean, like a couple of guys that had coached, Eddie had coached at West Virginia, I talked about that. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's a head coach down the road, right? Because he kind of has that personality to him and I mean just a very eloquent speaker. I mean, first and foremost, like it was really nice to just kind of hear his hear his personality a little bit, but also hear the I don't want to call it the organization, but like just the formation of everything that he was presenting to the interview, you know, from his experiences to his philosophy to how it all fits together i really loved everything I heard, to be very honest. Like, there wasn't too much that I could poke holes in that in that press conference and be like, nope, didn't hear that. I wanted to hear a little bit of that. You know, he really came off as a person that is prepared for this, which is interesting because most people think that this is just one that's like, Oh, just came out of the blue, you missed on someone, now you got to settle type of thing. Coach Parker's been working for this, man, and he's been ready. I, I think he said something like you know when Coach Freeman comes to me, ready to interview me, I have to be ready, right? Like it's it's dishonorable not to be ready for that type of opportunity. And I thought that kind of summed it up, man. Like this guy is a self-driven person that is ready for this, and I hope that he knocks it out of the park because, I mean, that press conference I think really spoke volumes to not only the. Person that he is, not only the football minded he is, but I really think that he is a hardworking guy. Like that's how he came off to me that he's been preparing constantly, even while he's. As some people would say, it like this, like he's just the tight ends coach. Well, behind the scenes, Coach Parker's been preparing for this. Right, he's been ready for when his time was called. His time is called, and I, I really hope he rises to the to the opportunity because I think that he has all the makings of doing a very good job at Notre Dame.
1: I thought some takeaways Ryan from the press conference that I really liked is is he look again these are words right we've got to see the actions to follow the words so uh, let's get that assumption out I don't need to say this about everything that we're going to talk about I thought one of the things that he hit on that I really liked and appreciated was he he was t- when he was talking about his offensive philosophy you know look you say the thing's you're supposed to we're going to be inside out you know we're going to we're going to uh, you know be run oriented all those kind of things and, and and all that sounded great but he really talked a lot about the emphasis on we are going to do things that our players can handle and he said all the right words you know like look if it's too much from what they can do then we got to scale back we got to not more in if he lives by that that's going to be huge for Notre Dame because it backs up what we've heard and what we've been told by people Ryan about how he is a details oriented guy he is more a, a technique I'd rather than master technique with you know this amount of volume than just be okay technique with lots of volume. Right. And, and, and he at least said, at least in this press conference, said the things that I was hoping to hear, that was one of the first things that I wanted to hear from Jared Parker in this press conference, Ryan, was that right there.
3: Yeah. And I think that having the supports around him is going to be very important. Right. And knowing, I mean, we had talked about what he believes in a little bit, just from conversations, you know, from, sources around that would be more in the no in that conversation. Right. But I mean, it all sounds good on paper to your point. Right. I mean, the actual actualizing it moving forward is going to be massive, obviously for Jared Parker in his first year. But I think that for me, it's the resources that are around him. Like I saw someone in the chat talk about Gino Gadouli and talk about, you know, the offensive line coach that's going to come in. And it's not a one person ship, right. Offensively, it is going to be a collaborative effort. And every time I've heard Coach Parker talk, he comes off as a person that is not going to be afraid to take advantage of those resources, right? Like, why would I not use the mind of Gino Cadoubli? Why would I not use the mind of whoever the new offensive line coach is going to be in here? Why would I not understand more about what the wide receiver strengths are from Coach Stuckey? Why would I not understand what the running backs are comfortable with from Coach McCullough? You have a really strong support staff around you you have a strong offensive cl- offensive staff in general so the ability for him to understand that hey man I have a great opportunity in front of me but I'm not alone right like I'm not alone this is a collaborative effort I think that that's a big thing and I think that coach Freeman and this staff is going to be well equipped to help him in all those assets that he needs early on especially
1: no there's no question and and, and look that's that's a big part of this because the the challenge for this staff is going to be similar to what the challenge was for the staff last year, Ryan, which is, it's a staff that's going to be new together. Like last year. I mean, look, okay. Tommy Reese, the OC, he has a role in bringing guys in, but he never coached with Dylan McCullough before he'd never coached with Chancey Stucky before he'd never coached with um, Jared Parker before. And he only coached with Harry He stand for one year. Now he played under Harry He stand, but they only coached together for one year. And that was the year that Tommy was a GA. So it was as a staff that had to learn each other the benefit this year is there at least are going to be three coaches that have coached together, even if it's just for a year. But the fact is, is that this is a staff that is going to be new together. And it's going to be very important that they focus on that dynamic, to your, to your point. Now, that means he has to be willing to listen to other people. But at the same time, he also has to lead. And he mentioned that at the beginning, too. and he, And he talked about like, Look, it's my job to kind of bring this whole thing together. It's my job to 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 make sure that we're all kind of coming together. He talked about how we have to hold people accountable—that coaches and players. He mentioned coaches and players. You have to hold them accountable. Uh, You know, that's obviously a big part of of this conversation. There's things that that are going to be where yes, we're going to talk, but when we leave this room, we got to all be on the same page and be moving forward. And everybody has their role in this. But at the end of the day, I'm 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 putting the game plan together. I've got to make the decisions on what goes into it. We're all part of the process, but I've got to make the final decisions and everybody's got to be on board. And so it it, it, it's a ve- it can be a hard balance sometimes, Ryan, from having someone who says, okay, I'm the boss, but I need you guys to be a part of this process. That can be a challenge sometimes because some guys are like, no, hold on a second. I don't know if I really want to challenge him or push him because he may get ticked off. So he needs to make sure he set an environment where the coaches really feel they can be free to speak and share their ideas and push back at times on things. But also it's then up to him to also show enough leadership to where they got to know, okay, you said what you need to say. This is what we're doing. Now let's let's move forward. So it can be a tough thing to do, honestly, To especially when you're talking about in the world of coaching, Ryan, where the egos are big, to where I'm, I'm open enough and giving enough to listen, and I'm going to take some of your ideas, but also stern enough to say, no, this is what we're doing. Time to put all that to the side. You've made your points. Let's go. And that comes with the players and the coaches. And he, and he made a great point about, look, I'm not doing right by the players if I'm not willing to hold them accountable. And and I think that's true. But I think what's going to be uh, beneficial is his manner of holding kids accountable is something that players are going to relate really well to, which we've already seen at tight end. It's demanding, stern and all that, but also energetic, positive. It's much more of a positive reinforcement thing uh, on top of the the high demand. Right. And I think that's something that's going to be a nice, refreshing change. The last two offensive coordinators had a little bit of a different view on that. Not better, not worse, just different. And I think for a for a unit that needs to have its confidence rebuilt, I think that's the kind of personality that's going to uh, work, too. And you saw it in the press conference, Ryan. He's very engaging. He's very personable, but he's also serious. He's not a jokester. He's not he's not uh, you know, he's not up there clowning around trying to make everybody laugh, but he's also willing to do so at, at times when it's needed to be. And I think yep. that's something that we saw come through the press conference as well, right?
3: Well, I, I think that you need that balance too when you're in a situation where Coach Parker is right, because I think when you look at him, he understands what's being said, right? Like he understands that there's a lot of fans that aren't on board with the hire that that do have their question marks and some fair, some very unfair, right? There's not a there's not a one size fits all to the cr- the criticism that's out there. And I think Coach Parker and, you know, most people would say, you know, I don't care about the outside noise, but you hear it. It's impossible not to hear. So Coach Parker's in a situation where there aren't like, – the minute that he has a bad, poorly called game or a poor offensive performance for the team, there are going to be naysayers that are going to say, oh, this is why you shouldn't have made the hire. Like that's going to happen. And I think having his balance of his personality where – I think that he has a mild manner kind of feel to him as far as the ability to connect with players and to get them to buy in but also like you said I mean this is a bit this is a, a business thing that's going to happen now right like every day needs to be we're trying to get somewhere we have goals in mind Go, goal oriented I think is a good way to kind of put this thing so I think that balance is needed because there are there is going to be some pushback there is going to be some pressure and he understands that and I think the best thing is that when anybody is feels that type of pressure, the best is not to hide from it, right? Like I know that there's people talking. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna prove them wrong. Like at the end of the day, that's the point blank period to it. And I hope he does. I think he can. Now it's all about putting that to putting that plan to a process. But I do like the mix of his personality. I think that you saw that yesterday in the meeting, right? Like it, you're right. He was up there to say like, this is what I believe in and not all lighthearted, but you can also see some of his charisma is the fact that he isn't this like, you know, this staunch guy that's just like overbearing and you can't talk to him. Like he's relatable, which is good. You need to be relatable, but you also need to understand that like, Hey guys, we have a job to do. We have to get down to it. So I think not hiding from the pressure is the biggest thing for him, man. Don't hide from it. Just look at it, turn it in the face and say, like, I don't care what you guys have said about me. I don't care what, you know, Johnny Johnny Joe over there has said about me. At the end of the day, I'm going to get stuff done and I'm going to prove the doubters wrong.
1: We talked a little bit about some of the things he he wants to do offensively. I mean, we, we he didn't really say anything that we we haven't addressed in our previous shows. So I think that's, we don't need to spend a whole ton, a ton of time on that. So uh, I, I do I do think that 'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of hold off on that again until we get to the spring. We've already addressed what we think we're going to see run game wise and all that. A lot of the stuff you talked about was just generalities, which is kind of what you expect from an opening press conference. And so I think those are uh, those are going to be interesting things that I'm looking forward to in the spring. Now, as far as how the staff looks, Ryan, at the end of the day, we don't we don't really know what it's going to look like. so they still have to put it together and, and, and that's when we'll really have an idea of oh how this thing is going to work together. We'll have a much better idea of how this thing is going to work together once we finally see what the whole staff is going to look like. But uh, wrapping up, I thought Jared Parker did a great job. I thought the intro was uh, was good. You, people got a chance to see the, the personality. He's a pretty sharp guy. He handled some pretty tough questions well. I mean, I thought Tim Priester asked him a really tough question. I know some people had a problem with the question. I didn't. I thought – I mean, I understood where it's coming from, and fans are thinking it, and so it was right to ask about kind of what happened at West Virginia – and I thought Jared gave a, a very good answer to that. Coach Parker gave a very good answer to that. Look, I'm not going to get into too much. Here's what I was hired to do. Here's the job that I had. Here's what I did. I did my job to best my ability. And that's about all I'm going to say on that. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good answer. And, and so that's the thing for me is I, I thought he what it wasn't just up there kind of getting like softball questions. I mean, in that setting, I don't care to go up there and hammer them and pepper them. Like this is, that's not necessarily the occasion. I thought that however, was a fitting question for the moment since it has to do with his background and qualifications for the job. Sure. So I thought that was uh, I thought his answer to that was good. I thought he showed a uh, reverence for Tommy Reese and, and, and respect for Tommy Reese. It wasn't up there saying, Hey, this is bad. This is terrible. Um, he, he did a crap job and I got to fix everything, you know, because there's no need for that, whether you believe it or not. And I don't know that he believes that I'm not saying he believes that I'm saying it doesn't matter. I thought, look, last OC was a former player. We're going to focus on what I want to do. And I thought that was a positive as well, and the way that he answered those questions. So let's move on to the next topic, Ryan, and that is the offensive line coaching hire uh, that still needs to be made. We'll talk a little bit about where things stand. We'll talk about uh, just what, what we need to see from this hire. So obviously Notre Dame is uh, they've – they've started to narrow their list down a little bit, Uh, from talking to a source today but it's not like there's not like a group of finalists right now right there's a there there's a big group that of names that we all got at the beginning it was like 20 names it's like okay three of these guys just got fired three of these guys just like retired you know what i mean like so okay let's see where this is going to go they've started to you know will it down a little bit they're still in the process of doing so i expect some more Uh, zoom conversations to happen they're going to bring some guys in for interviews Uh, they have brought one guy in at least one guy in has gotten an interview as well chris watt will be someone that is considered for the job in regards to names look here's the deal we're not gonna we're not gonna continue to play this game right in in where this kind of weird flight tracker thing like there's some serious online stalkers that are just it's i think it's creepy uh, but the reality is it doesn't matter who gets brought in. There's only going to matter one thing, and that's who they hire, okay? When we get the okay to put names out, I promise you we'll let you know. But there's reasons why you don't want to let names get out, and we just experienced that with the offensive coordinator hire. Did we not? And so we're we're just not going to go there, and when we, when we are given the okay to give you guys names, we'll let you guys know who they're brought in. But they are – they have begun the interview process. It's not going to be something that I – necessarily think will automatically happen soon. If the right hire comes along and everything clicks, then they could move quickly. But there's a lot of there's a lot to this because there's a lot of interest in this job. That's the one thing that we know, Ryan. There's a lot of interest in this job. The important thing is they've got to get this one right. The, the, like all, we could talk about what you think of Jared Parker. I, I do like the Gino Goduli hire. obviously Dylan McCullough and and Chancy Stuckey, I thought both did very good jobs last year. Uh, Jared Parker did a very good job as a tight ends coach. We'll see if that also translates to, you know, being a good offense coordinator. I think Gino Godouli comes in with a a good reputation as a quarterback's coach and recruiter, but all those hires are are good. They're fine. Move you in a positive direction and all that kind of stuff. If you believe that to be true, but the offensive line hire is either going to step it back or it's going to take it even to another level. And it's absolutely imperative that Marcus Freeman hit an absolute home run with this because if he believes in Jared Parker and he does, the reality is is the best thing that he can do for Jared Parker is make sure that he hires as best of an, the, the best offensive line coach that he can, uh, whether it's someone who is a, has a proven track record or if it's a situation where Jared Parker's like, "Hey, look, you know I worked with Chris Watt last year, and that dude and I are on the same exact page. I think he' can do a great job. That's fine if he wants to go that route. I don't I don't I don't care. It just needs to be a home run hire obviously the more the bigger the name the more splash but it's got to be a good coach and that's going to be the big thing because this hire will make or break his offensive coordinator hire in my opinion you go out and get a very good offensive line coach then you give your coordinator your, your, your friend your the guy you believe in jared parker you give him the resources that he needs to go be successful if you don't get this right then he won't have the resources to be successful. It is that important of a hire, Ryan, in my opinion. And And I'm not being hyperbolic. I actually believe that to be the case. This is a huge, huge hire for Marcus Freeman.
4: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSC. Well,
3: I mean, because I think one thing that you already mentioned that I think we need to harp on a little bit is that there is going to be high demand for this job. And why is that? It's one of the more attractive position coach jobs, I think, in college football. I really believe that. Because I was writing an article earlier about, you know, how the recruiting for offensive line in 2024 could change a little bit, you know. And I I, I kind of went into in-depth on why that is. And I think there's a lot of resources for an offensive line room at Notre Dame, obviously. You, you know, you, you talk about the pertinence to being in the Midwest where a whole lot of good offensive linemen are usually – you know, usually developed on the high school level. You usually find a lot of good guys in relatively in the same ballpark of South Bend, Indiana. You know, guys in, you know, the state of Ohio and Michigan. You know, they've offered guys from the Missouri area. Like there's 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 a bunch of good offensive linemen in that area, in your area, in your backyard, Pennsylvania. Not only that, I mean, there is a name recognition. I know we talk about Harry Hestand and all the great things he did to develop offensive line you, and please keep doing it. Because he did a tremendous job. I mean, we can write off the names every single podcast and there will be remembrance to it, right? It's like, wow, that's incredible what he did there. But as of now, Notre Dame still has stay power with that offensive line view conversation. So, yes, people know who Harry Heston is, but recruits more than anything are going to say, like, oh, Notre Dame, they've put out Quentin Nelson, they put out Zach Martin, they put out Ronnie Stanley. There's a name there's a name to that university as far as what they do offensive line. So recruiting at the offensive line spot should be a pretty easy thing at Notre Dame. It should be from where you are regionally to what you bring to the table, to what your reputation is as offensive line developers. Recruiting should be a pretty easy thing. And then not to mention whoever the next offensive line coach is Is going to walk into Joe Walton, Blake Fisher, year one as third-year players, man. That's a pretty dang good place to be. You know, that's not even counting Zeke Carell coming back. It's not even counting some of the young bucks coming up, like the Billy Strouts of the world. It's not even counting the five-man 2023 class. Not even counting Peter Jones, who's committed in the 2024 class to Notre Dame. Like, there's a lot of resources around this university as far as offensive line. It's the tradition, the ability to recruit regionally. Has it makes sense? The offensive line position at Notre Dame, the coach position, should be one of the more attractive positions in all of college football. It's an easy sell, man. You're going to coach great players. You're going to have the ability to attract more great players. And you're going to be able to continue the tradition of offensive line You So you have to knock this out of the park, not only for the simple fact that, hey, you have an unproven offensive coordinator. Very promising. You have a good quarterback coach but you don't 100% know what the what 100% the full vision is going to be moving forward. You know what they want to do, but what it's going to look what is it going to look like? Well, building through the offensive line is going to be a big bonus to that offensive ability to call offensive plays for this team. We know the strength that it should be in 2023, but more than anything, you need to knock the the higher out of the park simply because that job should be incredibly incredibly attractive to a lot of different people. We think it is. We know it is. And Notre Dame needs to make a big hire here because again, man, if you can't get a great offensive line coach at the University of Notre Dame,
1: that's a little bit of an issue. Yeah. There's four things for me that are key to this hire. And 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 the reason I don't care so much about names is because there's not one guy that would crush it at this job. That that's the reality of it. There's not one guy that would do that. There are several coaches that could do that. Here, here's where it needs to be number one you need to bring someone who has a who knows how who has a plan for how to make this a physical unit now in this instance you're building on what harry already started so harry He kind of reversed course and their name was not a physical offensive line in past seasons uh under jeff quinn they just weren't harry has kind of gotten that back on track it's not completely where it needed to be and, and it wasn't expected to com- go from zero to 100 in one year you you got a long way down the road Coach Easton would have built on that in year two. Now it's up to the new hire to build on that in year two to take that level of physicality and toughness to another level. That's number one. Number two, this needs to be a coach who believes in the importance of technique. If you don't think technique is of the utmost importance, see there. it's the top two traits. You need a guy that's tough and you need a guy that's technically sound. That's what an offensive lineman needs to be. That's what an offensive line needs to be. Above all things, if you don't have those two things, you're not going to have a great offensive line. And so you need a guy that understands the importance for technique and then has a plan to carry it out. That's what the interview process is for. You watch film and see if his units have carried that, have actually shown that. So that's what you see from film. Number three, Ryan, you need to have someone who has a a, a belief and a track record for coaching the entire depth chart one of my biggest issues with the Al Golden hire, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, is that he. And, and, and same with my Al, with the Al Washington hire. My two biggest issues for, of them, of from everything I've been able to gather from source after source after source, is they do not do a good job of coaching the entire depth chart. And so the younger guys are basically just they 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 miss a year. Okay, that can't happen on the offensive line where you have a lot of guys. Now you can say a GA is going to help with that. But it's like what Charles Jagasall said. One of the things he found that he loved about Coach Eastand is he coached the twos just as hard as he coached the ones. You need that. That's because great on lines are going to have to turn guys over almost every year. Have you put those guys in position where they're ready to make smooth transitions? That's got to be important thing. Number three. And number four, he's got to have a guy who has a track record of success on the recruiting trail. I don't care if it's a grinder. I don't care if it's a a guy that's not a grind that that doesn't matter. It's results. Do you get results? Ryan, all the stuff you talked about, about Notre Dame's track record it helps to sell it, but you still got to go put the work in. And so to me, find a guy that can give me all four of those. And I'm happy. And Notre Dame should be happy. Uh, we were asked, who's y'all's top choice? I don't have one, just like I never told you who our number one hire was on the offensive coordinator situation until it that number one became the guy. And, you know, things didn't work out because what tends to happen is people focus on that one name. And if that's not the name, then it appears that Notre Dame is settled. Number one. Number two, I don't know if my number one is Marcus Freeman's number one. And number three, if they if I go out and say they've got to hire this guy and they don't hire that guy. And then I'm critical of the guy they hire. It's going to be, well, you just don't like that guy because he wasn't your number one choice. So Hmm. I'm just not going to get into that game. There are more than one guy that Notre Dame could hire that could do a great job here without question. I remember when Harry Heist was hired in 2012. There's a lot of angst with Notre Dame fans because all the Tennessee fans were kept telling us how bad he was, right? And we we knew that not to be true, and and he went out and did a great job. So find a guy that's going to do a great job. That's what I care about. And as long as he has high marks in those four areas that we just discussed, Ryan knows how to build a physically physical and tough unit. Is a technic, is a technician teaches technique, emphasizes technique, gets technique out of his linemen, as long as he's a guy that knows how to teach the, to coach the entire depth chart, and as long as he gets recruiting results, I don't care who it is. I, I really don't care who it is. That's the important thing for me, and that's what Coach Freeman has to strive for when it comes to this hire.
3: And, and like you said, it's a big board right now, right? Like there's a lot of names that are on there that Notre Dame is doing obviously their due diligence with, and, and then they're making sure that they're not missing. An opportunity here. I mean, there was one name yesterday that I know we talked about, Brian, in private, where I was just like, I hadn't even thought about that name for Notre Dame for the job. I hadn't even really thought about it, but like, cool, that would be awesome if that's ultimately the name. Right, exactly. So to your point, There's a lot of good offensive line coaches out there, man. And there's a lot that I think are going to be attracted to the Notre Dame job opening. And it's just a really big list right now, man. I mean, literally, I don't think it's hyperbole. I really don't. I I think there would be about eight to ten names uh, that just based upon just – some things we've read or heard or whatever it might be where I'd be like, you know what, if that was the guy, I'd be pretty happy about it, man. Like I don't think that this is because it's different from an offensive coordinator job, right? It's different from a defensive coordinator job. It's definitely different than a head coaching job. Usually there's a few prime candidates where you're like, that has to be kind of the group, right? The top group, offensive line coaches. There's, you know, there's some good guys out there, man. There's a little more depth. I think of guys that you look at, not only just, guys that have legitimate names right now or legitimate reputations, but like up and comers too, where you're like, well, that guy, that guy did a great job at that, at that school previously, you know, like imagine what he could do with some of the resources that Notre Dame has. So, I mean, again, you're casting a wider net because I think Notre Dame understands. I think Marcus Freeman understands. This is just my, my opinion here, but I think they understand that like, this is an important hire. This is very important. So we're not going to rush this guy. We're going to do our due diligence, and we're going to take a look at a lot of different people to make sure we're hiring the best guy possible, because offensive coordinator did not end up the way maybe we envisioned it early on, but if you end now with Jared Parker, with Gino Gadulli, and a home run home offensive line hire, then you feel really good about your opportunity going into 2023, and I think they understand the importance of that, just like I know you do. Absolutely. And,
1: and so that'll be the focus. I, I think we'll start getting some clarity in the next few days, as far as at least who the targets and candidates are, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see who it is, but look, I'd like for this to get happen pretty quickly. I, I think it'd be ideal to get something on the, on place before, obviously I mean before spring ball, that's an obvious one, but even, even, where you at least have a full week or two before spring ball starts to kind of really get this thing going. So those are different aspects of this that I think that they need to focus on with this hire. So very important hire, very important process. They've got to get this right. That's the big key, Ryan. They've got to get this right.